Welcome to the Freaky Film Club. <laughs> if you want to take a wild guess, I think you might be able to figure out what film we're doing tonight. We're doing They Live. <laughs> uh, they Live. So I am Jeremy Jordan, and I am joined with, uh, well, most of the film club is here tonight. Uh, Damon and, and Mike. Hi, guys. Hi. We're doing They Live from uh, 1988. John Carpenter, um, directed and written by John Carpenter. And the score was done by John Carpenter and his partner, Alan Howarth. They did a lot of awesome scores. Uh, the most notably that comes to my mind is Season of the Witch. Mike, I'm sure you're also a big fan of that one. Mm -hmm. And the original Halloween. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, this is a film, of course, that's like really a big, like pop culture, iconic film. Um, there's references to it made everywhere. Uh, and oddly enough, like I really, I, I'm sure I've seen like bits and pieces of it, like as it, as it has aired places, but like, this is the first time that I remember watching it like straight through. And, um, yeah, so that's my first time watching experience. Uh, how about your first time watching experience, Damon? Well, uh, interesting. Um, Mike and I had seen the film Blackberry earlier back in May, uh, which itself is a really good film. But um, at one point, they they're having all these employee like movieathons kind of things, and um, they show a shot from They Live, and Mike's like, "Well, what's that from?" I'm like, "You know, They Live." <laughs> but I remember, uh, oh, I probably saw this. You're yeah, around college age. I saw it probably for the first time. Um, uh, my one of my friends, uh, I lived with like freshman year of college, and uh, he created this like VHS tape he called the Blooper Tape. And so he took all the movies we watched over the summer because he worked in a video store, and we put the funny outtakes into this one VHS tape. And so there were a lot from They Live on the on that tape. What about you, Mike? So, um, oddly enough, I really hadn't even heard of this movie until Damon mentioned it, like he just said, when sure. we saw Blackberry. Yeah. Um, Damon, do you remember the scene that they were showing in Blackberry? Uh, it was. I think it was one with the, you could see the monochrome, like the black and white. Uh, okay. I think that was it, yeah. The 35th anniversary of this film was just a uh, few, like two weeks ago. Like it actually came back to the theater for a weekend. You have said, Jeremy, there's like, there's, it's this movie's referenced a lot. Yeah. You, yeah. Do you have, do you have some examples? Cause I, I don't, this is like the first time I've really seen anything about this movie. Sure. Um, so, well, specifically, like from my childhood, like I, the reason I even knew a lot about this film growing up is because Duke Nukem, um, a video game character, made a lot of references to this film. 
um, like a lot of his famous like one-liners were just lines that were taken directly from this the character in this film. So like the chewing bubble gum and kicking ass, he would, mm-hmm. he would always say that. Uh, Blow it out your ass was another one he would always say. So like I was always quoting Duke Duke. I'm thinking it was just him saying it and being like random. But then I later learned that he was quoting They Live. Mm-hmm. Um but then, of course, like another one that comes to mind that I also remember reading about is um, that street artist uh, used that image of like Obey, um, Shepard Fairley or something his name is. But okay. it was like a really famous image. It, like it became like this big like thing. Like he just used Obey with like the skull face. Do you know what I'm talking about, Damon? Like uh, it was like a big like part of like street culture like street art culture it's vaguely familiar yeah. yeah but i don't know those are just two things that come to mind but i like i can remember like i'm sure it's been like parodied in like different stuff too like i'm sure like the simpsons have like parodied it in some way but what video game is that character from duke nukem like it's that's just called- the game yeah, oh, like I never the, heard of it. specifically, there's like Duke Nukem 3D. Um, that was big on PC in like the 90s. Oh, and okay. then, um, yeah, there's been a few sequels and stuff, but yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, uh, so the film is, uh, like we said, it's it's John Carpenter, and um, the it's so our, our main cast is uh. Roddy Piper, Keith David, um, who is uh, who else is uh, Meg Foster as Holly, Meg Foster, and then Raymond St. Jocks as the street preacher, <laughs> um, and then George Flower as Drifter, Peter Jason as Gilbert, and then just a bunch of random people. <laughs> so starts out with um a man roddy piper is uh kind of drifting into into the city he's um coming from the train station into into the city and um there's uh he goes to um like an office to find work but uh gets turned down there's no work for him you know i i really like too how they um superimpose the title into the bridge graffiti yeah that was cool that was really neat i wondered if they actually um you know wrote that on the bridge wall for the movie do you think that's what they had to do it seems like it was on there actually on there yeah it did seem like it right and roddy piper's character name is nada yes and that evening um he sees a street preacher and the preacher says they have recruited the rich and powerful um and later that night he's watching tv from an alleyway and it's just like some like person talking some person being interviewed or something um, so then the next day he visits a construction site and he gets a job and he meets Frank, 
who is played by Keith David. And Keith David, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's very iconic. I mean, you know. From what? I didn't know him. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll give you another <laughs> video game reference. Okay. Saints Row. <laughs> What's I mean, that? I don't know any of these. <laughs> it's like a Is Grand that a Theft PC Auto. game? Or? It's, no, it's, not, it's everywhere. It's not like all systems. It's like a Grand Theft Auto ripoff. Oh, it's it's a newer game. It's out now. Uh, I mean, they've made like quite a few of them. They've been pumping them out since like the beginning, like early two thousands or late. I should say late two thousands. Like, but since we were probably in high school was when they started making them. And he's uh, does the voice work. He did a voice in one of the like a popular one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, he's. I, I remember seeing him pop up in a few things. I just, I don't know. <laughs> When did they actually say the lead character's name? Um, I don't know if they ever do, actually. Because I was just, when I was doing the notes, I just, I didn't know how to refer to him because I never heard the name. Yeah, I, I just think they just credited him as Nada. Okay. But then I think, also, the uh, I was reading the um, the short story that this is based on. The main character yeah. in that is named George Nada. Okay. So they probably just took yeah, yeah. So then they're um, they go to like this shanty town. Well, they they call it that in the Wikipedia thing. <laughs> um, they're to uh, um, urban campers. Uh. Yeah. And it's run by a guy named uh, Gilbert. Um, and that evening, Frank kind of goes on like a rant about like how everyone is like in it for themselves. And uh, Nada still believes in America, the American dream. And he has empathy for the people struggling. <laughs> um. And then uh, that night, a TV broadcast gets hacked, and it appears that uh, the street preacher is connected somehow because, like, his voice is like coming out of the voice of the guy on the TV. Um, and we get the line "blow it out your ass" <laughs> as the guy turns the TV off. And basically, the broadcast is saying that um, there's a signal controlling the people. And it needs to be stopped. Like they need, that's the only way to stop it is to, sh to shut off the broadcast or to kill the signal. So, yeah. yeah. So the next day, Nada follows Gilbert um, and the preacher into the church because they look suspicious. Well, you and should add too that back in the, when they were listening to the TV show, the, that preacher was standing on the sidewalk and he was like in sync with the whole speech. Right. Yeah. Which, which, which Nada was noticing and kind of getting suspicious about what's going on here. Right. And this is the same preacher that he saw in the park earlier that day. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, so the next day, they go into the church, or he follows them into the church, and um, they're having a, a meeting, and um, he, 
is is kind of snooping around but runs into uh the priest and uh he feels his face <laughs> and uh tries actually to get up to join him and he talks about the revolution but uh he gets scared off uh, so he runs out of the church and so then um not you know aren't, aren't we missing some things here there's some important things here that, that we're missing well didn't we completely miss how when he's in the church he discovers that this the gospel singing is fake okay yeah that's true yes i did, yeah, I did. it's all it's all a front for the headquarters of the pirate cable station right um there's a laboratory back there that seems to be manufacturing something mm -hmm. it says they live we sleep on the wall mm -hmm. um and then he finds he he backed into that those boxes he uncovered that hidden little room right that that becomes important later right you're right yeah yes that is big <laughs> yeah so so that after he leaves the the church um he talks to frank and he tries like he's, he's looking through the binoculars at, at what's going on at the church and uh frank's just like just drop it man just leave it alone and um he's like whatever man i'm gonna keep looking <laughs> so he keeps looking into, into the evening and it gets raided by the police so everything basically gets destroyed the church gets destroyed the the, the camp kind of gets torn apart and um nada escapes with uh that other guy who i don't even know who it is what his name is <laughs> we don't really see him for too long in this film but uh, the shanty town guy yeah they like go to a random apartment and he's like you go stay with them <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the you should add too that the police are are beating Gilbert and or not Gilbert the the cable show host and the preacher mm -hmm. violently. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so then they're watching. Well, like they watch out of the window for a while and, and into the morning, um, and the next day people pick up what's kind of left of of the remains of the shanty town <laughs> and um nada makes his way back into the church and busts down that that wall and picks up the box that hidden box um, he then takes the box into an alleyway looks into it and he sees just a bunch of sunglasses <laughs> and um so he's like what the hell what's going on with this so he takes one of the pairs out uh and then he stashes the rest in the trash and uh he puts it on and walks out into the street and um these are so this is really sort of the big twist of the film then yeah yeah so uh when he puts them on the world looks much different 
it's uh it becomes a, a sort of monochrome like a black and white world billboards change what they say all the ads change everything basically changes like billboards say things like obey um marry and reproduce consume stuff stuff like that <laughs> um and they also reveal who the creatures are who the aliens are and what do you guys think about the designs on the the faces for the creatures uh, i thought um they could have did a good job of making them both sort of disgusting, but at the same time, it's funny. The same, sort of, you sort of laugh and are disgusted at the same time. We should stay too that not everyone that he looks at is an alien. Some people are human beings, and then, but then some people are uh, these weird creatures, and the regular human beings are not aware of what these creatures truly are. Um, because they don't have the sunglasses on, only he does. Right. Yeah. And what is this movie supposed to be considered as far as the genre? I think sci-fi slash horror, and maybe even a little bit of comedy too. Okay. Um. So, yeah, he goes to uh, one of the first places he goes to is like a newsstand, magazine stand. And uh, he starts paging through one and freaks out because everything is different. Uh, he actually notices one of the aliens at the stand and uh, like stares at him and freaks out. And the dude's like, what the hell is your problem, man? <laughs> um does he want him to pay for the magazine or something? Yeah, yeah. The, the yep, the guy there wants him to pay for it. So and he leaves. Then he makes his but way. You guys, in. just as an aside, um, do you remember going into um, a bookstore and looking at a magazine and someone hassled you about whether or not you're going to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten that actually. I've never gotten uh, hassled. My brother and uh, friends, when we were kids, we would go into a bookstore called Paper Tiger, and we'd look at all the Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. And then this guy, he, he was like the owner, who had like this, like, he was probably like 30, 35, and he had this beard, and he'd wear this sweatshirt, and he'd be like, are you going to buy that? Are you going <laughs> to buy that? <laughs> he just keeps circling. Are you going to buy that? <laughs> nice. Um, so then after that, he goes into a grocery store and he notices on the television that, uh, of course, people in power are also aliens. So he starts to laugh to himself. And he's like, I do it. <laughs> and then uh, he sees a lady who's also an alien in there and he starts making okay, fun hang of Hang on it. a second here. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're, 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 um, what about the money? You should mention the money. Oh, no, go for it. What did it say? Do you remember? I I I know it I know it's I know it said something. I can't remember what it said. Back at the newsstand. Yeah. You know, the the merchant was holding the money. Something about the God, guy just right? paid. Yeah, this it just says this is your God. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I I I wanted to add that. Yeah. That was that was good. I it was, who it was, was who was the guy on TV? Was that a, just a politician or 
that's what right. I assumed. It was just a random politician. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like someone we were supposed to be like, oh, but right. that's what I assumed. Okay. Just a random okay. guy. But it was like you said, it's it's cool though. Like there was a lot of moments you kind of wanted to pause and just be like, look at stuff, like look at things in the background. Because mm-hmm. it was yeah, a feast for the eyes. <laughs> um but uh yeah, so in the story he sees that on TV that he makes fun of the lady. And uh, that was definitely that was in the blooper tape for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the real F and ugly line. <laughs> <laughs> um so then uh the lady starts talking into her watch to alert the others. Um, <laughs> so, so he starts making a. Now one thing, uh, it's, it, it, so the lady, she has this device on her her wrist that she can talk into. Do the other humans? Do they see her talking into her wristwatch, or they do they see something else? Hmm. Because it would seem kind of weird to see someone, you know, talking into their watch, especially back in the eighties. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. That would be kind of bizarre. Uh, there was a there was a conversation going on in the market, where two guys were talking, both wearing suits. One was an alien, one was not, and one was saying like something along the lines of you know like something like everything's going to be okay um and then the the non-alien guys like well that's easy for you to say you got the promotion Mm -hmm. um i want to come back to that later because i'm a little confused kind of on some of the 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 methods of the the aliens but uh I just I'll come back to that later. Okay. Formaldehyde face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is what he called the lady. Yeah. Um you know, he, the the lead character, he was always uh I always thought pretty intelligent one step ahead, but he was really known to be kind of clumsy. And tw- two times he backed up and fell down on something. That's true. <laughs> in the with the finding the hidden door in the church and then in the market when he's confronting the lady, he mm-hmm. like fell on some some flowers and stuff. <laughs> I just I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. So after he runs out of the store, he's confronted by two police officers who are are also the alien creatures and he manages to take them out and he realizes that they die just like humans die so they can be killed and um so he runs out of the alley oh he also the we get the line it's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum but i'm all out of gum and uh he goes into that's when bank. he's in the bank oh yeah he walks yeah in the bank. Mm-hmm. yeah Another blooper tape as well. <laughs> I was going to mention quick. Um, do either of you remember the television series V from that? Uh, probably like around '84. Uh, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Uh, I wonder if almost if it influenced some of the script of this movie because in V, uh, aliens arrive to planet Earth, 
um, but they've looked just like humans. Uh, but in secret, um, they're just wearing human skin and underneath they're reptiles. Mm. So it's I a think little they bit. remade I mean, that the, show. I think so like, too, yeah. Like 15 years ago, I remember it. Yeah. Mm. Somewhat along the same lines of, of this film. And that came before this? I, yeah. Um, what year? Is this 87? I think this is 88. 80, yeah, so V was probably 84, 85-ish. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Do so any she, of you have any commentary? What were you going to say, Jeremy? Oh, no, go ahead. One thing that I kind of didn't get is I understand that these are like weird creatures. They're they're not human. But he jumped like into being extremely violent really fast. You know, like I get that the I get the police situation, like they were gonna arrest him. I'm not saying that you should be killing people if you're gonna be arrested, but he they he didn't want to be taken into custody by them. So I get that. But then in the bank. I mean, he's just blowing them away with no, like, I don't care who you are. You're one of them. You're going to die. It's yeah. like, you don't even know who they are yet. Is Do you, any of you have any comments on that? How he, he just goes right into killing instead of kind of seeing what, what do you want? You know? Well, they've been like earlier in the film, they were beating on people when they raided you know, the church and everything. So maybe he's just aware already that they're violent creatures. So then that would mean that he put it together that those weren't actually police officers. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what would, would be my guess. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Mm. Okay. So yeah, he, he gets real up. Uh, like just a bunch of weapons goes to the bank and like you said he just starts blowing them away <laughs> he delivers that line um he also like a, a oh, wait, we should probably say what the line is just okay it's time to kick ass, ass and chew bubble gum but i'm all out of gum yeah <laughs> um then at one point, this really old school looking UFO happens upon him. That's trying to like spy on him. Okay, wait a minute, Jeremy. Whoa, yeah. slow, slow yeah. down here. Well, people, I'm assuming people have seen this. I mean, <laughs> well then, well then, what are we doing here? Isn't that the point? We're going over the the the, the plot. Well, I mean, what else? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's like literally just the next thing I wrote. <laughs> you you skipped over the the fact that they can disappear. Okay. The guy is in the corner. Okay. Um, in the bank and um, you know, talking into the watch like they've they've been doing and yeah. Do they disappear? Or do they go through a portal? It looked like it disappeared, but later we we know about the portal thing. Okay. I didn't see any portal in that moment. Did you? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, so dude disappears. 
so then eventually he leaves the bank, sees this old school looking UFO, which is like spying on him. And he blows it away. And then he takes a woman hostage to try to evade the police. And then he tries to get her to take him to, to her place. So this is Holly then, right? Yes, this is Holly. Okay, so she is a cable 54 employee mm -hmm. and um she's an important character because we'll learn more about her motives as the film goes on um so they go back to her place and he tries to like desperately explain the situation to her Look, and what's going on um tries to say like just wear the glasses and you'll understand but she's not having any of it and um, eventually he stands up because he finds out a little bit a bit of information about her and he's like oh you, you work in tv i like we the, the signal and he's like tries to get the tv to turn on and she jeremy up. yeah what was the story on the on holly's neighbors Oh, <laughs> they saw. The, they did. <laughs> they saw him. They saw him go in there with her. So, and they yeah. were kind of odd. Yeah. Did they think that uh, she was like having like a one night stand or something? <laughs> yeah. I I don't really get the point of including the two neighbors, but <laughs> well, because they didn't. Uh, you know, I mean, they didn't ultimately like call the police or anything right right no so like yeah they didn't really play into it at all <laughs> it was just so like i don't know <laughs> just to have something silly to show <laughs> mm -hmm. um but i mean they seemed like they seemed like good neighbors <laughs> they seemed like they were down <laughs> for a good time they were in like hawaiian shirts just chilling out <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know yeah he he had um there was a moment too a little before that where they're kind of establishing that the main character is a good guy because he let a cop go who was mm -hmm. not an alien so he gave him the opportunity yeah that's true um so yeah so after he gets shoved out the window uh at holly's place she immediately calls the cops and um he has to do more police evading <laughs> so he's kind of spends the nights like like running away and he hide, like sleeps in like an alley or something or like a really confined cold space um so then um the next day he goes to uh to look for the to the glass. Oh actually he talks to Frank first and Frank doesn't really want to have anything to do with him. He's like, just get the hell out of here. Like I got a wife and kids, man. Um so did you say did did you say that he lost the glasses? They're at Holly's house now. Well, 
Yeah, right. He lost the glasses. He was going to go look for them after talking to Frank. Yeah. Um, so Frank is aware that um, the police are after Nada at this point. Right. And so Frank goes to the alley to get to the stash to get another pair. Um, but it's been picked up by the, the garbage truck. It's just another like throwaway kind of silly scene because he goes to get up and then the the thing starts to dump out and he's like, oh man. <laughs> um, but he does grab him. He does manage to get the box. Um, and then Frank sees him, meets him in the alley to give him like a week's pay. He's like, do. this is the best I could do. Uh, starts walking away and he's like, wait, like just try. He tries to convince him one more time, like just put the glasses on like, and you'll see. And uh, doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And then this is where we get into the alley fight, which is like really awesome fight scene. <laughs> and so when I first saw this, um, obviously this is sort of like the centerpiece of the film. Um, uh, we, my friends and I just sort of thought this was just like a, a really long humorous fight that, you know, you're supposed to laugh at. When I rewatched it this last time, I'm, I was aware that it was done because of uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's background as a professional wrestler. So this is basically a professional wrestling scene that they put forth in the film. Um, and yeah, it provides a lot of humor for sure. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, very, very long, but very entertaining. Um, just like... Do you think the part when he, like, when he breaks the bottle and 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 uh, Nada's character, where he laughs, do you think that was like a break and they just left it in, or do you think he was supposed to laugh there? Because it seemed like he just like broke. <laughs> yeah, I, they probably you know laughed a lot. You know, they probably filmed this multiple times from diff multiple different angles, and you know maybe just thought that that was funny to leave it in. Sure. It is. I mean, it's supposed to be a ridiculous sort of scene. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Just I, before that, he had broken the window of that car. Oh yeah. And then didn't didn't he say sorry? Did he yeah. apologize? I didn't get that. Like, why would he say sorry? That wasn't his car. Was it? He didn't have a car. I think that was Frank's car, wasn't it? He had a car. I think Frank drove there to give him the money. <laughs> I didn't see him drive up. He he walked up to him from the other side of the alley. Maybe it wasn't Frank's car and he just thought it was. I don't know. Yeah, I because I, I thought that was odd. I'm like, why would you say sorry? None of you have cars. You don't have much money. Right? I mean, if Frank I mean, is uh um in kind of the same situation as as Nada as far as living in the 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 homeless village, mm -hmm. you know. Um, having said that, though, I have, having lived in Los Angeles, um, it is very difficult to not have a car and to, to live there. Almost impossible. So uh, even, even like, poor people would have a car. Yeah. Okay, but are you saying poor or homeless? Because even uh, that's different. Well, well, I think you hear a lot of stories about Hollywood people who 
slept in their car while they were trying to make it, you know. So maybe it was just maybe you're sleeping in his car. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted to point that out because I didn't know he had a car and then it just showed up. Well, I mean, even if it was his, I don't know how he would know to find the dude in the alley there to give him the money if he was just driving around. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> I love how we're spending so much time. <laughs> well, he again, didn't he? Because I just watched the movie today. Yeah. So I always do that when we do these things. So it's fresh in my mind. I watch it the day of the recording. He had come from the opposite way of the car. So that's why that didn't make sense. <laughs> the the car, the two cars, so the, the two cars were next to the garbage truck, right? Yeah. It had dumped so. all the stuff. And then the two cars were like parked next to each other in a little parking area. <laughs> and then there was like an open area where they had a lot of the fighting going on. And then there were, and then there were the dumpsters where right. he hid the glasses mm -hmm. that's and then and then further to the left of the dumpsters was another the the alleyway coming from the other direction and that's where frank had come from initially he didn't come from the car <laughs> <laughs> so nada was just so he was in shock he just yeah, didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know <laughs> So the fight continues for a long ass time. You keep thinking it's over, but then like another, it gets initiated again. <laughs> and, it, how long is it? Like clock times like eight minutes? Yeah, I think it was like eight minutes. <laughs> and um, so then he finally convinces him by getting him down on the ground, gets on top of him, and puts the forces the glasses on his face. It's almost as if you know, like he's been defeated in the match, you know, where he's just. You know, he's been pinned and he's just giving up at this point. Frank is. Yeah. So Frank sees the world through the glasses and understands. Uh, is it, don't you think, you know, just in terms of the premise of this film, that we all kind of wish that the world was really like this? Like if we just put on a pair of glasses, we could see how reality as it truly was and we would know what to do with our lives. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> I mean, would you, I don't, I don't would get you put that. the glasses on? I mean, like, they're living pretty good lives, you know, like most of the people. Would you put the glasses on or would you not put the glasses on? I mean, it is kind of nice just being like, like ignorantly blissful of the world. What do you mean, Damon, by we would know what to do with our lives? How would we know what to do with our lives? Oh, well, you know, like you realize that society or everything around you is just a lie and you just have to tear it down. I don't know. Well, it's, you know, in terms of philosophy, it's kind of like the brain in the vat. Like if you could live your life as a brain in a, in the vat, um, would you do so if you were having all these um, pleasant experiences or would you want to know what you really were? You know, so that's kind of, I think that's kind of what this movie is trying to get at. You know, like if you want to know the truth, it's going to be kind of painful versus just not putting on the glasses and living sort of a blissfully ignorant life. Well, and in some regards, 
I mean, especially for people like um, Frank, I mean, obviously they never would have thought it would go to that extent of aliens, but mm -hmm. he already had the mentality of they're, you know, they're against us. Who they are is kind of up in the air, but um, I mean, in some ways, a lot of people already knew this, you know, that there is a structure in place. Some people do well and they, you know, they, 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 they do well on the backs of others, you know, th that type of stuff. This just kind of gave them like this identified exactly who those people are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he's the, the main character at, at so the fight's over now, right? Mm -hmm. He yeah. said, <laughs> he said a funny line that I wrote down at that moment. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Which character? Nada. He said something at the end of the fight that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Which kind of shows that he changed his view on on life i guess because he was a pretty positive person sure i remember what he says when he walks into the like the motel room yeah but, i think it was before that though i don't i think okay. he said it in the alley okay i don't um, i don't remember what did he say in the hotel he's like eight love beautiful Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. was before that. Okay. So, yeah, he said, Life's a bitch. She's back in heat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> that's a good one. There's a lot of good one liners in this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so then they, uh, they get a room together to like kind of come up with a plan and hide out. And, uh, he, they kind of argue a little bit because, He's like, oh, what's your plan? He's like, well, what's your plan? <laughs> and just uh, to add to it, I thought it was kind of funny. I don't know if this is meant to be comical. They're walking into the place, like, I mean, they're shape now. I mean, bleeding, you know, bruised. Mm -hmm. They probably have internal injuries. I mean, they were like smacking each other in the kidneys. You know, mm -hmm. that that's that's going to be causing some problems. I always thought when I'm when they're fighting, I'm like, you know, why don't you just let the guy go? You can you can show the glasses to somebody else who's more willing because like he's killing him. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be of no use soon. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I thought they would have like waited. Yeah, like uh, we need like some recovery time. Like let's yeah. wait a week. <laughs> if the they thing, come up with well, I think I think that kind of comes from the whole wrestling thing, you know, because sure. <laughs> that's how it is in wrestling too. They just get up right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So that same night, uh, Nada talks a little bit about his childhood, and like like bad experience and jeremy what was that line again you said the one he said in the hotel about love he's like ain't love beautiful or something like that i didn't get that i thought that kind of came out of nowhere <laughs> did you did you guys get any point to why that was included in that moment 
<laughs> I thought it was because they were just like going to the room together. <laughs> oh, okay. so he's just like being like a wise ass, like oh yeah, God, lover. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. So he's talking about his childhood. So he's talking about his childhood. It's, it doesn't sound so great. Um, then they it kind of brings Keith David's character back into like the topic of like the aliens. Um, yeah, yeah. I was a little confused with that moment because so he he talked about how when he was thirteen years old or somewhere around there, his dad held a razor blade to his throat, mm-hmm. and. He said how his dad had like changed, like like his behavior. He got he got mean. He got um, abusive. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't remember the exact line, but the, to me, they were he was trying to make a point that he was saying that his dad was one of these people. That's what I the thought. aliens. Yeah, and I'm like I'm thinking like, where's the evidence of that? I mean, he could have just been an asshole. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, yeah. Maybe it was just a rat. Like, he was just tr- trying to rationalize that <laughs> that moment. Sure. It was just yeah. more fuel for him to fight aliens. Like, And he was also one. <laughs> and there was also another good line about how something like, I'm not... Uh, I'm not the 13 year old boy anymore, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one comment here that, that I thought was funny with the movie, because you know how I like to focus on realistic uh, details. I loved how he is this drifter, he's homeless. His hair always looked great. <laughs> Did you notice yeah, that? That's true. His yeah. hair never changed. It never got messed up. I never saw the opportunity. Well, he probably had opportunities to bathe at the village. But, I mean, this was over like, what, a four or five day period, this whole thing? Yeah, there were quite a few day and night transitions. Yeah. yeah. And his hair always looked good. <laughs> I mean, not good. Right? Yeah. But it looked clean. And, I mean, he had a mullet. This basically, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, his hair always looked good and he was always clean shaven too. He never, he never had any facial hair growing. I just thought that was kind of funny. He never changed, yeah. Um, so they the next day they run into Gilbert, who was uh, that's like their boss, right, from the work site. I don't know if he was the boss. Or no, no, he was like the 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 the, uh, the dude at the for the the town who. Oh, was, you mean the work site, the construction yeah, site? Yeah, yeah. No, he was from the was from the, the village. Yeah, the yeah. village. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they run into him and they realize, oh, he's he's like on the side of the revolutionaries. He's got the glasses, and uh, he he tells them about the um, a meeting going on that evening that they should attend. And uh, so, cuts to that same night later on, and uh, they're going to the meeting. And uh, so, this is a pretty big moment where they learn a lot about everything going on. Um, first of all, they get contacts to replace the glasses. Uh, it's kind of like an upgrade. And 
they learn more about the aliens. They learn that uh, we're just like a third world, like a natural resource to the aliens. And like they're, they want to cause like they're causing like a, a global warming here. Um, they want to just take all the resources. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, and I'll I'm add too that that was the that was the first time that because I have in my notes here that I, I wrote the creatures are aliens. So that was the first time that they actually said that they were aliens because up until that point i don't think we i mean you could probably assume they were aliens but they never really said what they are sure um so they uh at this point they start to kind of load up on gear and um they learn about the watch they they receive one of the alien watches from one of the dudes who's at this meeting and he um, explains like this is a, a way that they can we can listen in on their communication and they communicate back and forth. Um, and we've also seen them use it to teleport. Like we've seen them disappear. We don't really know how it works. Uh, so he hands one of the watches over to uh, to them. And uh, then we we see Holly. Holly's also at this place. And um, Holly and Nada start to talk, and they kind of start to have a moment but it gets interrupted pretty quick uh, so you know Holly, one, one question go ahead Damon do we assume that Holly has made contact with this group before when they're familiar with her and that's why they when she shows up no one's surprised to see her that would be my assumption okay yeah, that was going to be my question, is how did she know where the meeting was? I would assume, like, it just, she would, she had already infiltrated and done, like, all the work necessary to get in into it, maybe. And we just don't know. We didn't see all that part. It probably needed a scene to show, show her, you know, to make it more sense. Yeah. 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 You mean, you mean since she picked up the glasses in her house and saw... The truth, you're saying she probably had some sort of communication. I don't. I don't know. What are you saying? When well, would she seemed, have found out? We, there's a Jeremy and I are kind of saying that there's a, a scene missing where you know it could have. We don't really understand why she's showing up at this point either. You know, we, a little bit of a hole in the script at that point. She looked into the, the the channel that she works for. She said at the meeting that the, the channel is not where the broadcast is coming from. Right? Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this is like another big raid. Uh, once the explosion happens, it interrupts them. Like, the police are are raiding this the, the whole area that they were meeting at um so people are getting gunned down um it's just chaos uh holly nada and frank try to escape uh the other dude doesn't make it i think what is his name george i don't know yeah i don't think he gilbert or oh, gilbert yeah i don't think he makes it he's shot i don't think so he was he was shot multiple times. 
Um, Nada and Frank escape out the alley, and then uh, they get. It appears that they're going to be cornered because the multiple police start coming down the alley towards them. Um, but uh, Frank is like fiddling with the watch, and uh, a portal opens up, and they both jump down the portal. Um, so down inside. It's kind of like this big open like tunnel area that they're in. Um, they see some alien language on the wall and they just continue down the, the corridor for a while. And um, eventually, well, they, they sneak past two guards who are informed uh, up above that like they got the terrorists. And so they're like, yeah, they got to meet the A team. <laughs> it's a win win. <laughs> Um, and they, they get past those guards and then eventually make it into like this big dinner party, like in a big ballroom, which is totally kind of out of place from Not their other right environment that they're the in. Because it's like, we'll goes from like this dank tunnel to like big fancy ballroom. Line. So uh, someone is up on stage at a podium giving a speech in front of everybody. Um, and what are they, does anyone know what they're they're talking about? Well, are they, uh, this is where we learn that there's like human collaborators with the aliens. So the, the, um, the year for their plan of total protection and dominion is coming up. What year was it? 2025. Uh -huh. oh. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's what the guy said for the power alliance so um yeah that's when he goes into like the the actual like partnership so i guess the aliens somehow get access to our natural resources they don't really go into details here because i was confused about this um and as a result of the aliens getting access to the planet's natural resources the the human collaborators get wealthy so they said that there was 39 percent per capita growth in the last year for the people who are cooperating with them um so that's when they kind of just go over their whole you know their 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 kind of their plans and then their their budgetary stuff the fiscal year Mm -hmm. And they announced too that the he he got a transmission right there saying that the terrorist network was destroyed. They can right. go off of alert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So at, at this point, they also run into a guy. Did we meet this character once before? I didn't really remember him. But like he knew them. I think he was one of the people watching TV at night okay. when they first showed the pirate broadcast. Okay. So I mean, was he possibly the guy who said, blow it out your ass? Oh, okay. <laughs> what? <so> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great lie. I think that might have been yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. So he's. Because I, I, you know, when I was watching it, he was talking like he obviously knew them. And I was like, I don't remember you. 
but part of it's because he was dressed up so nice. Right. Um, but I think he was, I think he was, he was definitely one of the guys sitting at night watching TV, but I do think he also was the, the guy who said the line. Okay. Okay. I was curious about that. Um, but yeah, so he's, I mean, it's clear that he's been like convinced to join their side. He's been bought out, (laughs) recruited, recruited. And he's excited to see them. And so he's like, oh, I knew, wow, I knew they'd get you guys come on to this side eventually. Uh, you get a dress for the occasion. And uh, he offers them a tour. So uh, they agree and he starts to uh, show them around. So they leave the, the dinner party and go through the tunnel into the a different area. And um, I mean, stop me if I get too far ahead. <laughs> but they make their way into... This the TV studio. Um, okay, Jeremy. Whoa. Okay, so I'm also watching the movie at the same time. What do you mean at the same time as what you're doing the notes? Yeah. Or yeah. okay. Um. Well, I was kind of kidding there when I said whoa, but you did you did forget that he showed them the their little airport. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That they they have a some sort of. Um, pad where they just can go from one planet to another sure yeah and you see like a bunch of like business looking people just being transported yeah right yeah so so that after that he leads them into the studio area and they go into like a soundproof booth and like it's like a they can observe what's going on behind the glass as like they're broadcasting um and they want to like get further in, right? They want to see more. And he's like, Oh, I, I guess I could do that for you guys. And he's like, Oh, are you guys crazy? I, I need to see some cards or ID clearance. And he's like, I got your clearance right here. And that's where the gunfighting starts and blows them away. Uh, they realize it's soundproof. So he blows the other dude away. And um, they blast their way into the actual studio well just part. a second yes <laughs> <laughs> i i want to add and we should add for everybody mm-hmm. that it was funny how so he he they shot the two guards that were in the in that room but then he he grabs the recruited guy by by his beard <laughs> he's holding him by the beard yeah and, and then he kind of explains his motivations for why he went over to them he said a line here that i wrote down that i kind of wanted to see what you guys thought i didn't get it he said because he he was going on about how you know we might as well join because they're gonna win you know they're powerful and 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 why not? I mean, we get all these these good things. We, you know, he gets all the champagne he was drinking. He gets to dress up nice. He gets a warm bed. You know, blah blah blah. And then he says, the last line he says is, he said, "We all sell out every day." You know, he said he because he sold out to joining mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Then he says, "We all sell out every day." Is there supposed to be any point to that? Because I don't know what he's talking about. What does that mean? We all sell out every day. Mm. 
I don't know. I mean, I guess that was to me. I thought that was his like weak justification. I, I to me, I would take that as being sort of central to the main theme of the film. You know, with all the signs that basically um, we live in a consumerist society, and you know, we're selling out our ideals just for you know cheap cheap uh, paychecks and and. Uh, magazine covers and you know just everything about capital kind of a critique of capitalism basically and so there's a lot of chaos going on around them <laughs> they're shooting shit up um they kind of try to come up with a plan in the moment he, he grabs an employee who is really of no use um they continue down to like a conference or a, a, a cube a bunch of different cubicles um, and he's like, how do I get to the roof? Uh, to direct... And they're they're looking for Holly, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the employees directs him to the elevators, but they have to avoid that area because there are more security there. cops. So they start heading up the, uh, the stairs towards the roof. You know, just a quick question here. Uh-huh. The... Most of the people who worked in those offices, I, I remember them being human, right? They weren't alien. Yeah. It seemed like um it seemed like the the people in the offices were just as terrified of the soldiers or security mm-hmm. as they were of the our you know the lead characters. It's like they I, to me, that was kind of saying like they didn't even know any of these people existed. You know, the, the this this underground security. Right. Yeah, like they are just doing like what they thought was a normal job. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they had all these people coming through with these guns, and they were all screaming and stuff, just like they screamed when, you know, the two lead two lead guys walked in. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, so they they make it up on well, the Nada makes it up onto the roof, and um, they eventually. Did we? Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Did we say that they found Holly yet? Well, I mean, it's kind of like this is like the final conversation. Well, they 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 found her in a hallway. Uh huh. Yeah. And then they're they're in the stairwell. Mm Hmm. Go on. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to take over. No, go for it. Go for it. You could lead. You could lead it. So yeah, so they're in the stairwell, kind of that has the roof access door. Um, Nada c- took out kind of the last remaining soldiers and he went up there I'm guessing to kind of make sure it's okay and then uh, he's up there now and now it's Holly and Frank by themselves in the stairwell and we see that Holly approaches him she has a gun that she takes out of her back and she shoots him in the head they don't mm-hmm. show it but they have the gun goes off and we kind of we know what happened mm-hmm. so go ahead so we know that holly is part of the collaborators at this point right um 
So we get kind of the uh, this final confrontation here um, where Holly tries to convince Nada to come back in with him, with her. And he pulls a gun out from under like his sleeve and shoots her, manages to shoot the signal before getting like gunned down and he flips off the the aliens as he's dying. And um Okay, I was gonna say, was that scene, Damon, where you got what you did in the you know, the maximum overdrive video that we did? <laughs> Remember when you're laying on the ground? Oh, no, I wasn't thinking of that at all. No, I just came up. With I that. thought that's where you got it from. Because I'm like, that's what Damon did. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even put that together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, did that you, was the same sort of that, thing. Did you put that together, Jeremy? It didn't come to mind. But now that you mention it, that's funny. You have to include a clip of, the, of that film right here at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Do a side by side. So the final little bit here of this is we see like a, a montage of various TV clips and um, they have a really great little bit of like people, like someone is criticizing uh, um, John Carpenter and Romero. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be like Cisco Niebert. Right. Like, I think Cisco's alien, I think. And then there's like uh, just a few other clips they show, and then uh, what it ends with like <laughs> like someone having sex. <laughs> and he says, uh, "He says, hey baby, what's wrong? Or hey, what's wrong, baby? Hey, right. what's wrong, baby? Mm-hmm. So, so she's having sex with an alien. So right. yeah, <laughs> good way to end the film. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so in credits and." Uh, um i i wrote that my um my hell yeah moment for this film was probably when he puts the mind for the first time i thought that was just really neat okay my hell yeah moment would be the entire fight sequence just because the film wouldn't be what it is without it you know it's just it's what it's all it's what it's remembered for basically really cool yeah hang on a second i actually forgot that we do that yeah i'm not crazy about you know saying the same thing but i thought the wrestling scene because to me that kind of showed the the tone of the film you know um that you know it's it's it has a bit of a little bit of a lighter tone you can kind of laugh at it a little bit um but yeah that was a that was a well done scene from an action standpoint there was a lot of action more action in here than i was expecting sure uh as far as final rating goes i am going to give this movie five sunglasses out of five i think that it was really well done very creative um the great John Carpenter. I mean, his his score is in there. You can hear it throughout. It's some good stuff. Um, there's a lot of cool shots. Uh, Roddy Piper is, 
his lines are hilarious. I mean, there's a lot to love about this. It's got some stuff to say. Um, so yeah, classic. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it 4.5 out of five bagpipes <laughs> and the homage to, uh, the Rowdy Roddy Piper's wrestling career. Yeah, I'm gonna. I agree with that. The four and a half. Um, I don't know what what uh, meter that I'm gonna use, but I'd say four and a half. I thought I was, I was impressed. I liked it. I thought the music was really good too. Um, the the main kind of like bluesy theme. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Um, I should say yeah. too that. Um, Part of my rating is based off the fact that I, you know, I've seen this film probably like five or six times. And so this, there's really no surprises. So if I had seen it the first time, maybe I would have said five out of five, but um, I was, you know, I, there was no surprises for me. Um, but yeah, like you said, it um, it's funny. Uh, there's a lot of action in it. Uh, it's there's sci-fi. There's, um something for everyone pretty much yeah one thing that i wanted to ask is kind of going back to that um that conversation i mentioned before i am a little confused with exactly what is happening so they he has the glasses he sees the truth so so are we saying that so the aliens are broadcasting all this stuff through the television station and this is um this is their way of kind of keeping things in order is that is that what's going on here like who sees this stuff does anybody actually see the signs of that he sees? The way I took it is that it was sublimum, subliminal. So, yeah. you, like you, the average person sees the message, but it's hidden. But it still, you know, it sneaks up through the back channel, and you know, it makes you want to consume, or it makes you want to, you know, uh, procreate, or whatever the message was. That's what I took out of the, the film for sure. So what is what is the commentary supposed to be for this overall film? Because they're kind of like basically in some ways passing the buck on the destruction that humans have done to the planet. They're making it like, well, it wasn't actually us. Is that what it's supposed to be? Are they saying that the, the people who are in power are the aliens? And they're just using aliens as as a a plot point. Yeah, that's what I was taking it as. I, I definitely thought it was like a critique of like those who were in power at the time. In fact, I think it even said somewhere I was reading like he was kind of critical of like some of the policies that Reagan had at the time, like Carpenter. <laughs> oh, oh, Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think it's more just a general like anti-consumerism 
kind of thing. That was, I mean, that's that's what my take was. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. What is that um, that box on your shelf, Jeremy? Which which the, one? The one. I can't see what it says, but there's like it has like purple in it. It's yeah. on the 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 second shelf. Yeah, the one you just pointed to. What is that? That book. It's the well, illustrated Al. <laughs> okay, I thought that was weird, Al. If you check out the latest episode of Media Pod Smash, I do a little review on it. Actually, it's like a bunch so of different it, co- comics, like interpreting like his songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And are you a fan of his? Oh yeah, I love Weird Al. Did you see that movie they made about him with Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. Was that good? It's really funny. Yeah. Oh, funny. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, like I'm a... to see it. Yeah, which there's actually some over-the-top fight scenes in that film as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. There's some pretty good cameos in it. <laughs> well, um, I guess that about does it then for our, our freaky film club this week. Unless there is anything else you guys had to add about this film. Uh, well, hopefully um, we can get Derek back next time. Well, he was an alien last time we checked. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Oh, I- Okay, let's sign off and then we'll talk a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, look forward to uh, doing another one very soon. Sounds good.